welcome to a special episode of Comment Section. That's right. We say it's we basically say that every episode now because every episode now basically yeah. a special episode. But this is not only a special episode; it's a birthday episode. Yeah. And whose birthday are we celebrating? Little Bruce Wayne's, better known as the Dark Knight himself, the Caped Crusader, Batman. That's right, Batman. Turning 80 this year, it was in May 1939 that The Dark Knight first appeared in Detective Comics number 27, The Case of the Criminal Syndicate, written by Bill Finger, illustrated by Bob Kane, um, the second superhero after Superman, and uh, when you talk about the biggest superheroes, yeah, we, we, have, we have a lot. We got Iron Man, we got Thor... We got Spider-Man, but when it comes down to it, there are the big two. Yeah, the big two, forever the big two. Mm-hmm. That's Superman and Batman. You know, for a long time, I would, you know, like maybe Superman would be the superhero, but wouldn't you say today it almost feels like Batman is kind of the go-to superhero people think? I of. think yeah, Batman is is almost everyone's favorite. Yeah. So. Definitely. Yeah, so we thought we'd travel through 80 years of the Dark Knight's history, talking about some of the highs, some of the lows, what they're doing, the amazing job they're doing this year, celebrating the Dark Knight's 80th birthday. I gotta say, Warner Brothers has been going all out for this 80th anniversary. Yeah. It's been great. Seems like it. Yeah, so here we go. We thought uh, we would spend this time looking back through all of the history of Batman. But first, I know we ask it a lot, but it's probably important for this special. What was your introduction to Batman? Oh, a real good question indeed. Um, I would probably guess with the release of Batman Begins, me being at that time probably, well, that's 2005, fifth grade, um, depending on what time. I think it was fifth grade. That it, seems right. I, I, Every time we left a school, like elementary, that's when one of the movies came out. Oh, okay. So uh, that that's an interesting tidbit, actually. I didn't, I never thought of it that way. Um, I think around that time, probably superheroes were starting to. I mean, of course, we had uh, the Spider-Man movies preceding that. So I, I think this was probably a time when I was getting most into superheroes and reading comics for the first time, and. This is when I was like actually starting. I probably either right before or right after seeing Batman Begins. I probably started getting excited and actually going to comic stores and buying comics for the first time in my life. Um, and yeah, just individual Batman comics were like the first comics I bought because I've talked about many times before how like the first comics I really read was uh, like the trade paperback of uh, the first ten Spider-Man comics which I finally reread recently. Um, it's good stuff. But my first, like, buying individual comic books from a comic shop, it was all Batman. Like, I was, it was all Batman stuff that I was buying. And um, uh, it, really early in the show, I remembered talking about what I thought I remembered being a Joker series that I really liked. It was a Two-Face series yeah, that Jekyll I really liked. It was, it was the Jackal and Hyde series, which I'm guessing must have been coming out around that time in 2005, because that must have been why I saw it at the comic store. Uh, although Two-Face was my favorite villain, so I probably gravitated towards that. Um, so, yeah, Batman Begins, buying Batman comics from comic shops around that time, around 
11, 12 years old. That was uh, my introduction to Batman. Yeah, and of course, I had people around me, family members, and like you, who were huge Batman fans, <laughs> getting me into it as well. So, definitely. And my favorite superhero at the time and what got me into comics. So... Yes, my introduction to Batman was in 1997 when I was four years old. And it was through Batman, the animated series, watched in the afternoons on Fox Kids. It just changed my life. It was, there, was, there was before and after seeing that show. And then later seeing it on Kids WB when they brought back for new episodes. And then later uh, discovering that there was also the movies and going to Blockbuster. Well, I owned Batman and Robin, the fourth movie, and I would go to Blockbuster, and I would see Batman Returns, Batman Forever, and Batman and Robin, the VHSs all together. Yeah. For some reason, the first one was not with him. It was always in some other spot. Weird. I don't know, but I just remember looking at those cases like, man, yeah. those are some cool cases. And They're I remember exciting. the tragedy of my childhood because I wanted to own Batman Returns and Batman Forever, but I didn't know what their names were. So every Christmas and birthday list, it was Batman movie with Two-Face. <laughs> Batman movie with Catwoman. <laughs> I did not know what it was called. <laughs> so, yeah, I think, honestly, I think my earliest Batman movie memory, because I believe I rented those first two movies and um, later got as a present, I think for Christmas, Batman, Robin, and VHS. I think my earliest two Batman movie memories... Are, and these are such random ones. Well, they're such, they're such random ones. One is where in Batman Returns where he rips off the mask. Oh, yeah. I remember that. That was like the only thing for years I remember that movie. And the other one was the first appearance of Robin in Batman Forever. Yeah. Those are the two I remembered. And then later discovered the Adam West show. And then we kept getting more Batman stuff. And it's been a gateway drug ever since. <laughs> yeah. That Batman animated <laughs> series, that will get you. Yeah, you know, and, and speaking of the 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 four earlier movies, uh, which were at the time, they're the newest being Batman Begins. Those are the only other four that existed. Those I feel like those are actually like the first, some of the first like DVDs that I owned. Really? <laughs> like they, um, they were like the mostly cardboard with like a plastic latch DVDs. Yes. <laughs> and did, did, uh, they have, did you have them in a box or no? No, I think they were separate. Okay. Um, I I almost I feel like I may I don't know if I owned I feel like maybe I only owned uh, 1989 and Batman Forever. Like I don't totally even remember having the other two, but I definitely rewatched Batman Forever the most. And that was like after I had seen Batman Begins, and uh, I, I actually maybe I saw those before Batman Begins. I don't really remember, but uh, it was around the same time. But Batman Forever was definitely the one I rewatched the most. <laughs> For whatever reason, that one just stood. Was I mean, there's some reason, obviously. Um, but yeah, favorite villain and all. But, and the, I had bought those movies multiple times. No. I think I bought them, let's see, VHS, DVD 1, DVD 2, Blu-ray. I, I bought them five <laughs> times. But I remember I remember this one time we at the mall, FYE, seeing the big box set where they were remastered. Because the DVDs I had were, you could tell, were, take, were like the quality of the VHS. So I bought them. And the, the big box set, you know, where there are two discs for each movie. Yeah. 
was eighty dollars, and I saw it there Dang. for nineteen ninety nine. I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm taking this now. Box set <laughs> box sets are like in insane sometimes. I recently bought the box set of the extended Lord of the Rings Blu-rays, and I found it for like I think like thirty dollars. <laughs> and when I checked the actual price. I see it might be one of the best deals I've gotten in my life because it's $120. <laughs> I am honestly fighting myself into buying something right now. Really? I'm hesitating rebuying the Spider-Man trilogy on Blu-ray because I do own them on Blu-ray, but they have an extended cut for the third movie that just wow. came out for that set. And I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I feel like I'm going to do it. I feel like, I don't know. I, like, I was at Target the other day. I was fighting myself not oh. to just buy it. Yeah. Yeah. It, when you see good deal, those can, they can be expensive. Yes. But. but, so we thought we'd go through and look at the history of Batman. Now, I don't know how long this episode's going to run because some of it you have not seen. Yeah. We, we'll see how long it goes. If we have to, it'll be a two-parter, but we'll see. We'll That's pending. We'll see. All right. So, I was going to talk about, I was debating about should I add comics in here, but. Some of like the biggest comics were adapted into animated movies, so we can talk yeah. about them in there. All right. What was the first time we saw Batman on screen? The year was 1943. Batman was only four years old. Wow. Imagine that. Wow. And it was in the black and white serial Batman from 1943 and later sequel Batman and Robin in 1949 when Batman was 10. Hmm. So, yeah, so I did not know these serials existed until I saw them at Target on, in the DVD section. They came out because of Batman Begins. And Warner Brothers not own them. Sony owned the rights to them because they were made by Columbia Pictures. So I saw them, and, you know, it was the closest thing I had at the time to the Adam West show on DVD because of the whole rights thing between Warner Brothers and Fox. Yeah. So it was the closest thing I had, and I watched it, and I really enjoyed it. Although, the the um, only thing I don't like is they don't have the villains oh. in the series. Right, right, they don't. They only have... They have this... Um, I think he's like a scientist from Japan because... The first one is very, very World War II. Right. And Batman works for the government. It's a little too Captain America for me, but whatever. <laughs> the second one's better. Yeah. And that was the one portrayed by Lewis Wilson. And then we had Robert Lowry and Batman Robin, where we also had Commissioner Gordon. We had the Bat, we had the Bat Signal. And we also had Vicki Vale and Commissioner Gordon. And that one was more comic booky. They had um, a villain called the Wizard. Great. Who was villain. yes? He, <laughs> I actually don't know that villain, but it sounds awesome. Yes, I think it's great <laughs> just for the serial. And these serials add two things to the Batman mythos. What two are they? One, the serials were the ones that created the Batcave. Very good. And whenever you see Alfred in the comics, it is based on I think his name was William Austin. The actor from the serial. So oh. anytime you see Alfred in a comic or cartoon, it's based on that actor. Yeah. It's interesting how many huge aspects of Batman, like, didn't come from the comics. Like, yeah. Harley Quinn, for example, like, 
it comes from everywhere in the Batman ethos. The, some of the biggest things, yeah. So that's pretty much all. Oh, mm-hmm. I also one of the things I really like is how low tech it is. Yeah. One of my fears about Batman, we shouldn't be saying this in uh, anniversary special. Yeah. One of my fears is that like as technology gets better, some of the stories will get less interesting because they'll be easy to solve. Yeah. But I really liked how kind of low tech it is. It almost adds a little more danger when you watch it because yeah. he can't just like hack a computer or something. It's just right. like. Man, you're out there, you got maybe a few things, but... Yeah, it's funny. I've thought about that a lot with movies in general, that, like, there's this worry that when technology is getting so good that it seems like people are thinking too much, like, oh, you could just solve that problem with this technology. Yeah. And part of me just kind of wants everyone to just collectively ignore that and just make movies that ignore that. Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily need, like, oh, we don't have service. Like, just ignore cell phones. Yes. I don't care. <laughs> My sister said that about Incredibles, too. She said, I liked it, but I wish they didn't rely on technology like to hypnotize the people or whatever right. as much. Yeah. I mean... Uh, it, it works for the movie. It, yeah, it, in general, it can work. It, can, it gets overdone. It's bit. not that it's necessarily a negative when it's focused on, but that if someone completely disregards it when making a movie, I would be fine with that. Yeah, I don't need a, like an explanation for why there wasn't technology used. I would rather Batman be on the street investigating instead of in the Batcave hacking through security cameras. Yeah. So that's pretty much it for the serials. Oh. One of my favorite scenes ever in Batman. It's because it's really bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like the serials. I actually, I think there's only two things I don't like on this list. But there's <laughs> a moment, because they didn't have the biggest budget. Yeah. There's a moment where, because Batman and Bruce Wayne use the same car. Yeah. And there's a moment where Vic, where he, Vicky Vale runs into Batman. She says, does Bruce Wayne know you're using his car? Yes, he does, Miss Vale. He gave me permission. <laughs> Like, <laughs> oh, wow. Yes. And she's a journalist, too. <laughs> but yeah, there is Batman. The first time we had Batman on the big screen. Now, this is very important because some people kind of forget about the serials. and just like, yeah. Well, they were forgotten. Well, how, how important were they to Batman besides adding a few things? Well, at colleges, they would replay these serials and people would go and enjoy them. So much so. That one time they were played out of college was an ABC executive in 1966 who decided, you know what? People like these old Batman serials. We should bring it back as a television series. And that is what led to the start of 1966 Batman TV show starring Adam West. Right. <clears throat> so, yeah, Batman 1966 starring Adam West. Burt Ward is Robin and a little trivia. Who was the runner-up to play Batman? Adam West was the first choice. Who was the next choice? I think I've heard this trivia before, but I don't think I'm going to be able to, to pull it out. I don't remember. It was Lyle Wagner who played Steve Trevor in the Linda Carter Wonder Woman show. Oh, really? Maybe I hadn't heard that. That's interesting. Yeah, they have a screen test. Now, obviously, it's Adam West and Burt Ward. Yeah. They're going to win. Yeah. But Lyle Wagner was pretty good, too. Yeah. And this was a show that brought us all of the villains you had the joker catwoman riddler penguin i believe this show is what brought catwoman back because as we talked about there was this psychiatrist doctor and i use the term loosely for him wortham yeah who wrote this seduction of the innocent book who tried to blame everything wrong in the world on comic books yeah and said no Batman should not fall in love with the criminal like Catwoman. <laughs> so then they got rid of Catwoman. Yeah. But this show brought her back. And it was such a big hit 
um, that they even had it where they had to come up with new villains because so many actors wanted to be on the show, <laughs> including Batman had to stop young Cliff Robertson, who would later become Uncle Ben in the Tobey Maguire movies. <laughs> oh. So, how did Uncle Ben learn with great power comes great responsibility? because Batman showed him. Yeah. Maybe Dennis Carradine was one of his old gang members. <laughs> <laughs> just like, you promised, Sheriff, whatever your name was in the show. <laughs> so, yeah, and we had great performances with them. Uh, we had Cesar Romero as the Joker, Frank Gorshin as the Riddler. We had three Catwomen. Um, oh, my God. Julie Newmar, um, Eartha Kitt, and Lee Merriweather. And we had... Burgess Meredith as the Penguin. And Al Napier did a good job as Alfred who? I don't know if it's true. I heard Alan Napier, Alfred last name, was a re- they later used as a reference in Joker's last name in 1989 Batman for Jack Napier. Oh, really? Okay. So this show redesigned the Batmobile to kind of what it looks like today. Very so, iconic. 60s Batman. This... The serials weren't important. We owned a lot to the serials and, of course, the comic books. But this show is what made Batman the icon he is today. And spinning out of it, we got Batman the movie, his first Ooh. feature film. Here we go. And is where Batman fights four villains. Batman and Robin has to have to stop four villains. And um, we even have the shark repellent. Right. And we have Batman has to get rid of the bomb. But he can't do it. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Yeah. And the show was... One of the cool things about the show was it would air twice a week. So the first night would always end on a cliffhanger, a reference to the serials. Right. And then part two would be solved. And then season three, we were introduced to Batgirl. Wow. Which I don't know. I don't think she was created for the show. But it happened at around the same time. Yeah. So... Ran for three seasons, 120 episodes. Um, is very much a product of its time. It's it really um, links up with the comics from the time. That it's actually better than the comics that were coming out at the time, and it showed um, how to put Batman on the big screen. And it is as faithful as so many of these other versions, except for that Batman comes out during the daytime. And it's a great version, one of the most iconic and beloved versions, I think. There are two versions we can say will keep going for generations and generations, and the Adam West Batman show is one of them. I think you can say the most popular superhero TV show of all time. So, what are your? Have you seen any of the Adam West Batman show? <clears throat> I've seen parts and bits. Uh, I can't really say I've seen too much of it. Um, although, I mean. I know from what I've seen that it looks like it might hold up to some extent, be entertaining at least in a way, so I really probably should check it out someday. Yeah, I remember waiting so long for it to come out on DVD, and then they announced in 2013 that they had that Warner Brothers had gotten some of the rights back from Fox for the uh, 60s Batman. I don't know if this is for certain, but I think that might have been part of the deal to get Gotham on Fox. Oh. Which is, we'll give you Gotham, but we want the Batman stuff you can't release at all back. Oh, okay. So I don't know that for sure, but it did happen all around the same time. Yeah, interesting. So, 60s Batman, one of the best versions of Batman. 
And so we move on to another version, very similar. You can tell its influence in these next few versions. Yeah. Was Filmation's The Adventures of Batman. So Filmation was kind of the little brother to Saturday morning cartoons in the 60s and 70s. Obviously, the king was Hanna-Barbera, who did Flintstones and Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Filmation, The Adventures of Batman. You can you can tell there's a lot of influence by the 60s Batman show. And, you know, it's a fun show. It's not the animated series. Yeah. You know, it is, it, does, it is very similar to the comics of its time. And, you know, it's a fun little thing. If you really like the 60s show... It's very similar to. I'm guessing you haven't seen the filmation. No, no. I, not at all. <laughs> Warner Brothers put it out on DVD, and I have it, and they did a really good job remastering it. Oh, except that's, for that's the theme nice. song. They didn't remaster the theme song. You can see how crappy it used to look to how good nice it looks now. <laughs> all right, and coming out of this era was. In 1973, we had the Super Friends. That's right. Oh, yeah. The original Justice League with Owen Salt. I believe that was his name. From the Filmation show, coming back to voice Batman. And this is where you had Batman, Superman, Robin, Wonder Woman, and Aquaman, and the Wonder Twins teaming up. Jeez, when would... When would we ever see that many superheroes together? I mean... Who knows? You know, it would uh, never happen on the big screen. Definitely. It never would work it out. It would never happen. Yeah. So, once again, very similar to the comics from the time it came out. Very sci-fi. Um, had limited budget and was kind of censored. But, you know, there's some gems in there. Super Friends. And later, in the last two seasons... Adam West returned to the role as Batman and took over in the last two seasons, returning as the Dark Knight. So, you, if you want to see them, they're available on digital right now. I don't think they have the DVDs out anymore. But you can actually see Adam West, Batman, team up with Superman and Wonder Woman. Really? And Aquaman. Wow. That, that's amazing. You can hear him say, Superman, watch out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, and also, in 1977... We got the new adventures of Batman, another filmation show that had influence from the 60s show, except there was one key difference. Adam West and Burt Ward were back, voicing the characters. So, 1969 was canceled, 1977, you basically had new episodes of the TV show, except in animation. And in animation, there's more you can do. Yeah, definitely. And ending this era of Batman was in 1979, the live-action team-up, Legends of the Superhero, reuniting Adam West and Burt Ward as Batman and Robin as they team up with The Flash, Green Lantern, Black Canary, Hawkman, and so many other heroes from the DC Universe, except Superman Wonder Woman, <laughs> <laughs> in which they have to stop the Legion of Doom, and later they have a giant superhero roast. It's two episodes. It looks very cheap. It looks like it's filmed like um, it's filmed on like the whatever they use for specials for where it doesn't look that great. But you know, it's it's still fun. It's fun yeah. to see the Adam West Batman team up with all these different superheroes. Definitely. And at the time, dang, it was yeah any crossover you can get. It was the closest thing we would have for a while to a live action Justice League. Yeah. All right. <laughs> we talked about that era. But a new era will begin in 1989. Wow. That's when we had Batman, 
It's directed by Tim Burton, starring Michael Keaton as Batman, Jack Nicholson as the Joker, and Kim Basinger as Vicky Vale, followed in 1992 by Batman Returns with Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman and Danny DeVito as Penguin. Later, there was a new direction in which Joel Schumacher took over and we had Batman Forever with Val Kilmer as the Dark Knight, Chris O'Donnell as Robin the Boy Wonder with Tommy Lee Jones as Two-Face, Jim Carrey as the, as the Riddler, Nicole Kidman as Dr. Chase Meridian, and later we had the final film in the franchise, Batman and Robin with George Clooney as Batman, Chris O'Donnell as Robin, Alicia Silverstone as Batgirl, Uma Thurman as Pen- I mean, not Penguin. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Uma Thurman as Penguin. Had to hit a lot, wear a lot of prosthetics and yeah. had to hunch over to be short. Yeah. No, she was Poison Ivy and Arnold Schwarzenegger as the coolest bad guy. See what I did there, Mister Freeze. I don't see what you did there. Actually, what was the coolest the, bad guy? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's that deadpan humor, folks. Yeah. <laughs> so, for me, this was <clears throat> my original live action Batman. And I still think, you know, I love I love most of the other live action versions we've had, but I think for me, this is the definitive live action Batman. I think when you look at these four films, they pretty much it feels like they go through the whole history yeah. of Batman versus some of the other ones stick at one point. I think they did the best job of adapting the characters, especially Batman himself, and also like the villains and the additions of the sidekicks like Robin yeah. and Batgirl. And I like how it feels like an evolution. And I don't know if I ever mentioned this. I really like how when you look at the first movie, Gotham City is run by the gangsters. Yeah. By the fourth movie, the gangsters have left and Gotham has been taken over by the freaks. Yeah. That's one thing I really like. It feels like when you watch it, it feels like you have a complete version of Batman. Now, there's obviously some stuff that you could have but you know we'll get down letter movies but when you look at this franchise i feel like it it is also it did the complete story it feels like it's the most iconic batman for me like it has the yellow oval danny elfman's theme for me just nailed it for me this is the definitive live action batman so we can talk about one you've actually seen now yeah these the are Burton schumacher Batman. these are ones i've actually seen your first dvds apparently uh, well some of the some. first dvd like i i don't know what my the first, first dvd was monsters inc i think i probably had dvds before that because i mean earlier in the 2000s there were definitely uh definitely some dvds i probably had i probably had like spider-man before that i probably had some pixar movies before that um but definitely early ones and some of the first ones. Snap cases. That, yeah, <laughs> that so I have. I'm so glad they don't, those don't exist Those anymore. were crappy. Those oh, my God. <laughs> I've got Mask of the Phantasm still with the snap oh, case. Really? Oh, really? Oh, it's rough. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the. Because of the particular era where a lot of the. Because I stopped buying DVDs after that point, basically, <laughs> for a long time. So. Um, Warner Brothers did it the longest, too. Yeah. I think Batman Begins, I know, is. Wow, it's not the snap cover. Yeah. <laughs> there so um but uh uh yeah i wish i had seen them more recently i wanted to watch them in preparation for this but uh mostly what i've got is is just good memories from them uh because like everyone was hyped about uh batman begins around the time but i felt really cool going back and watching <laughs> rewatching those over and over um 
And something in particular about, even as a kid, I think I knew that my favorite being Batman Forever made me a little cool and unique because it wasn't necessarily the most liked one. And I was just like... You know what the highest rated one is on Rotten Tomatoes? Is it like Batman Returns? Yeah, I don't get that. That was yeah. always my least favorite. Yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of... Um, I don't... That one I didn't stick out to me as much. That one I watch at Christmas time. <laughs> that's, yeah. my, that's my Christmas movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean... It, Looking back, I I think that the the 1989 one I might be able to say is like maybe the best one if I were to just try and objectively look at it. Um, again, it has been a while, but yeah, as a kid, definitely it might have even been I might have even called Batman Forever my favorite movie at that time. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was good stuff. I think I even listened to the soundtrack a lot. Like, the Batman yeah. Forever one, I think so. With um, hold me, thrill me. Kill yeah, me. that was one of them. Seal, kiss by the Yeah, rose. it was a weird soundtrack. Sound. I don't know what it sound. I listened to a lot of like, like uh, the non-original score, like songs around the movie, kind of soundtracks around that time, which meant I listened to the weirdest music <laughs> at the time. You know, a lot of people <laughs> for kind of forget about. I don't remember what. I think it's. Oh God, I don't know who did the music for Batman Forever. But you know the theme for that one—it's not the Danny Elfman theme. Yeah. But that theme can get you pumped up too. Yeah, no, it's a—that's yeah, a great theme. It has a good score too, and as, besides the weird <laughs> soundtrack. Um, but yeah, I uh, definitely uh, 1989 and Batman Forever are some of my most rewatched movies. It's possible I've only seen Returns and uh, Batman and Robin like once or twice ever actually. <laughs> But, yeah, I, I, I like this stretch. I like this era of Batman. All right. Now, everyone was excited in 1989. We had Batman. Yeah. And because of the success of this movie, Batman was back in the public eye after this 60s show had run its course. Batman was back. And as everyone was excited for these movies... The best was yet to come because in September 1992 on Fox was the premiere of Batman the Animated Series with Kevin Conroy voicing the Dark Knight. And this version almost right away became the definitive version of the Dark Knight for so many people. Yeah. For me, this is... Well, we'll save that for later. Um... <laughs> <laughs> This is such a great version of Batman. It not only took the influence of the Burton and Schumacher movies and also the 60s show, but it was even better than the movies. And they did a great job with characters like Batman, Robin, Commissioner Gordon, Alfred. They gave a lot of great funny lines, too. Um, and then well, there's this thing that Jeff Johns said, comic book writer Jeff Johns, who we talk about a lot. Yeah. It's like, Jeff Johns, man, we kiss your butt a lot on the show. <laughs> um, he talked about how, like, the tone of the show, it's, it feels like it's something we don't see much anymore, it, where it took itself seriously without taking itself too seriously. Yeah, I like that. It feels like a lot of times superhero movies kind of just go all the way one way or all the way yeah. the other. But this show had the perfect tone for Batman, and we got such great villains. We had the Joker, Penguin... Um, Catwoman, Two-Face, Riddler, um, Poison Ivy, 
And they not only did great spins of those characters, they added to um, those characters things that would go on and become make and become the definitive versions of those characters. And the two that everyone points out are the Mr. Freeze backstory. Because in Miss before the Batman the Animated Series, Mr. Freeze was just a guy who had an accident. Yeah. And became bad. And a lot of people just remembered him from the 60s show. Yeah. But on Batman the Animated Series, Mr. Freeze became a tragic figure who was trying to save his dying wife. And then because he um he got screwed by his boss, his wife was killed, and he wanted out for revenge because he wanted to be the world to be as um cold as he felt inside yeah and that uh kind of backstory found its way in batman and robin right yes and, th- and this i'm it was before when when did batman and robin come out batman and robin was 97 this episode ah, was 92 that's so. what i was thinking the so, first yeah. two influenced the animated series the last two the animated series influenced ah interesting so, and also, oh yes, we also had Two-Face. We had, we saw, like, um, they went into what would break Harvey Dent. They talked about how he had multiple personality disorder. Yeah. They showed he was a broken guy before his accident. And besides Mr. Freeze, the biggest addition to the Batman mythos was when they decided to give the Joker a girlfriend. And her name, Harley Quinn, Harleen Quinzel, later to be known as Harley Quinn, Created by Bruce Timm and Paul Dini for Batman the Animated Series, first appearing in Joker's favor, and then she just became a part of the Batman mythos. Yeah, one of the most popular characters <laughs> in DC. And later, this series launched two animated movies. We had theatrically Batman: Mask of the Phantasm. I would argue is tied with another one as the best Batman movie ever made. Possibly the best sto- Batman story ever told. And we also have Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. Both of these movies, critical acclaim. Many critics noting, wow, these are actually better than the live-action movies. Yeah. <laughs> so, Batman the Animated Series, I think, the most important adaption of Batman of all time. Really became, for many people, the definitive version of Batman. Yeah. So, we turn to you. You've not seen much Batman images, but you have seen one yeah, thing. I have seen Mask of the Phantasm. I think a little because I wanted to experience the greatness that I perceived as the animated series without, like, uh, we, with just being able to watch a movie. Yeah, uh, just a, like a little taste. Yeah, a little taste. Um, it definitely makes me want to watch the series. I got to get started on it sometime. Uh, however. I'm, I don't know, maybe I can find it somewhere. I'll find it at the library or something. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great Batman story that I'd wish I'd seen <laughs> earlier as a kid. It, um, it, it's, it's really, people shouldn't sleep on the animated, like, uh, ad- versions of stuff. Like, I mean, you could say the same thing now about, uh, into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Easily the best, like, I mean, personally, I'd say, like, of the last, like, few uh, Spider-Man movies, it's it's the best one to me. So definitely don't want to sleep on those animated ones because animation can bring great stories. Yes. And we got 
what many people consider the best Batman actor, Kevin Conroy. And I also had to mention, some people consider the greatest Joker of all time, Mark Hamill. Yeah. Luke Skywalker himself went through some messed up stuff, but he became yeah. the Joker. Yeah, now that's... That's the that's true my Luke. ending of The Last Jedi. <laughs> he becomes the Joker. <laughs> yeah. We haven't seen, at this recording of this, we have not seen episode 9 yet. No. So, we don't know. So, Batman the Animated Series, wrapped up in 1995 on Fox Kids. And, you know, it had a great run. Yep. Then in 1996... The WB Network launched the Kids WB Saturday Morning Block, to which they had Superman, the animated series. They decided, we'll take the creators of Batman, the animated series, put them on Superman. Why not? They yeah. did it once, they did it before, and they did a great job with Superman. And then, someone at Warner Bros. decided, you know what would be nice? Besides the Superman, what if on the WB, we also had new Batman episodes? So, we had... The new Batman Ventures, the continuation of Batman the Animated Series, taking place two years later. We have Kevin Conroy back as Batman, Lauren Lester as now, instead of Robin, has become Nightwing, Mark Hamill back as the Joker, and we had new designs that were, it was, it was kind of cool how you had like two different iterations of this show, so... If you have one favorite, like, version of, like, Batman... Like, if you have a favorite version of the Penguin, you, you'll see them in either version, iteration yeah. of the show, because they look very different. They got to change things up a yeah. little. And, like, instead of the yellow oval, we got to have kind of the classic one that we see a lot now. Yeah. So, we also had... the Batgirl became more of a main character, and we had the introduction of Tim Drake as Robin to Batman, the animated series, and this show... Just like what uh, preceded it, just pure perfection. Oh, you can't be. And this show adapted one a very important comic book called Mad Love, which was what Paul Dini and Bruce Tim did together that told the origin of Harley Quinn. So for the first time in animation, you got to see the story of how Harley Quinn was born. So. That was great, and it spawned two movies. One, Batman Mystery of the Batwoman in 2003. I remember being at Target. This would have been 2000. This has been four years after the show ended. Yeah. Just be like, oh my God, there's a new movie of yeah. this show, <laughs> and popping it in. And this was before DVD, so I didn't have this iteration of Batman wasn't available yet. The New Ventures version. Yeah. So you didn't have that. I watched it. Very excited. Loved it. And then in 2017, this big gap, we had Batman and Harley Quinn, which got a little bit of a mixed reaction from people. You know, I like it for what it is. It's not Mask of the Phantasm, but it's not trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's Batman and Nightwing teaming up with Harley Quinn. It's not going to be Mask of the Phantasm. Yeah. So it's enjoyable for what it is. You know, Kevin Conroy and Lauren Lester, great performances, the animation. It was great to have those character designs back. I like the movie for what it is. I am glad that's no longer the newest Batman they made series thing. But <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a part of me that's just like, I, I, I like this movie, but please don't let this be the last thing. Yeah. <laughs> but not anymore. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah. So the new Batman Ventures. You you haven't seen anything from this iteration of Batman the Animated uh, Series? No, I haven't. All right. So. 
The new Batman Adventures was on the WB. And we also had cr crossovers with Superman. That's right. We had Kevin Conroy's Batman team up with Tim Daly's Superman in three episodes. A three-part crossover called World's Finest. Later to be released as the Batman Superman movie. The crossover everyone dreamed about. Exciting. It, it was. We had Joker and Lex Luthor team up and then Batman Superman team up. Later they had it where Superman teamed up with Robin to find Batman and then another episode where Batman Superman teamed up to stop Ra's al Ghul and yeah, great stuff from that era. We had crossover. Yeah. I feel like I missed out on, on all yes. this stuff. What, what did you say? This is like 2003? This is 1997. Oh, okay. So we backed up a little from that. Yeah. Okay. I remember <laughs> I remember seeing commercials for the yeah. crossover and being I, like, oh my God. <laughs> I guess I would, I missed out. I guess I was just excited about Nintendo 64 or something. I guess so. <laughs> now, later, we have Batman the Animated Series, the new Batman Adventures. Everything's going good. And then this is the story that happens. Mm-hmm. The, w, the head of the WB Network calls in the team of Batman they made series. They call him Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, Alan Burnett, Glenn Murkami. And he says, hey, we, we love this show. We love this show. But we think we want to change things up. And everyone's just like, wait, what, what are you talking about? You know, Pokemon's real good. We got to get the younger demographic. Uh-oh. So what we want... <clears throat> Actually, Pokemon wasn't around yet, so... It Never wasn't mind. as a TV series. You're right. It was as a video game in Japan. Okay. <laughs> I, I, luckily, I just mentioned Nintendo a second before that, so I can show that I have cred. Yes. But they were just like, we need a younger demographic to come and watch these shows. So we were thinking a teenage Batman show to which they <laughs> were they were all left speechless. Like, what? <laughs> and they were just like, you know, I think we're going to quit. We're all going to quit. But let's just think for a minute of what we could do. We're not going to do it, but we'll quit. And then Bruce, Tim, told this story about how they're just like, you know, what if there was a teenager and Bruce Wayne was too old to be Batman and he had to mentor him? And we got, and later, in January 1999, we got Batman Beyond. They decided not to quit. Yeah, they took because they, they, they got a good idea. They took what was a bad suggestion and made it one of the best adaptions of Batman. We had Batman, Bruce Wayne, too old to be Batman, and that opening where you see Bruce Wayne's last night out as Batman is just, oh my god, it's heartbreaking. But then he finds a purpose again by mentoring the next generation. And Kevin Conroy is back as Batman. Wilfred Dell is Terry McGinnis, the new Batman. And, you know, it came out. People were just like, ugh, why does this need to exist? But then... <laughs> turned out to be great yeah and for many people including myself when you talk about what is the how does the story of batman end you know for some people to say dark knight returns but i think for a lot of people most people now how does the story of batman end it ends with batman beyond the perfect ending is bruce wayne training the next generation yeah it's interesting i think this i think i've probably seen more batman beyond than the uh animated series really? <laughs> probably <laughs> it and was then, just on more when i was actually watching uh a little a bit more tv oh yeah, yeah. and then we had batman beyond and they decided they were going to do an animated movie in 2000 batman beyond and what did they do 
for Batman Beyond, they bring back the Joker. Batman Beyond, Return of the Joker, great movie. And also, there's a little treat they did where it's just like, hey guys, thanks for supporting Batman Beyond. Here's 10 minutes of a new thing from the animated series. Oh. So they have a little flashback of what was Batman's last time fighting the original Joker. And then they did Return of the Joker. And it is a great movie. It is great. Mark Hamill was back. And Batman Beyond, I think, is like the best ending for the Batman character. So, yeah. You've seen, you said you've seen a little Batman Beyond. Any memories yeah. of it? Not much. I think I mostly, like, because I hadn't seen it from the beginning, like, I was mostly seeing it uh, probably in reruns, like, just, I would, I was probably seeing, it played on Cartoon Network, didn't it? Like, some yeah. sometimes. That's probably how I was seeing it. And I was probably, I, I think I kind of just remember being like, why is that guy Batman? <laughs> like, I totally didn't understand Like, it. I remember just being like, why does this need to exist? Yeah. Can't we just go back to the old Batman? Yeah. Like, I, kept... I liked it for what it was, but... I kept just being like, like not really understanding why it exists and why there has to be a different guy who's Batman. But I do remember like thinking it was entertaining. But it, I hadn't seen like the first episode. Yeah, I, I don't didn't think keep I ever did. Up with it like I did the animated series. Yeah. I remember liking it more when it came out on DVD when I yeah. had access to both of them. Yeah. Versus. They took away the reruns of the animated series and did Batman Beyond. Yeah. But it was a great show. And I, I remember I rented the... the They released the first two episodes as Batman Beyond the movie on VHS. I rented it. And then it jogged my memory. I did see the premiere on Saturday morning. Because I remember... Because when I saw it, jogged my memory. Oh, yeah. The scene um, the last time Bruce Wayne went out was Batman. So yeah. I was there at Saturday morning at Kids WB. I was there... I was there. <laughs> so as we continue down, you know, we had Batman Beyond, but Batman the animated series did return in a few crossovers with Static Shock the animated series. That's right, Kevin Conroy was back. He was young again, <laughs> <laughs> and he was Batman. And they also had a crossover with Batman Beyond where Static Shock is sent to the future, and that was awesome. And then later, Batman Beyond had a spinoff called The Zeta Project about a robot and Bat Batman Beyond and old Bruce Wayne guest star in an episode. So I bought it off iTunes. It's the one episode I've owned <laughs> so far. I'll get to the rest eventually. But. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then in the year 2000, Batman, the movie franchise was struggling. They didn't know what they were going to do. But we did get... Possibly the greatest superhero show of all time, the Batman OnStar commercials. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You don't think the Batmobile needs insurance? They do. Yeah. It does. <laughs> and you know what? I'll just say it. Those commercials are freaking amazing. Yeah, did, do you show, did you show me some of those on the podcast before? I did. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> and you know what they did? They brought back Michael Goff as Alfred from the original four movies. And they had the original Batmobile from the Keaton movies. And I believe they had George Clooney's bat suit, but they painted the yellow on the oval. Oh, yeah. Gotta have that yellow oval. Yes. And it was great. And there's, like, the, where he has to go. There's a commercial where he has to stop the Riddler. And you can tell the guy's clearly influenced by Jim Carrey. He's Aww. trying to be like Jim Carrey. And it's awesome. <laughs> and, seriously, Bruce Thomas is Batman in those commercials. And you're just like, 
God, how did we not get a movie with this guy? Because <laughs> he's so good as Batman. <laughs> anyway, as Batman Beyond came to a close, we're just like it. It seemed like, well, is this the end mm-hmm. for our beloved Batman the animated series? Is the continuity ending? Well, no, because Batman from Batman the animated series would return along with Superman in 2001 premiered. Justice League, the animated series on Cartoon Network. That's right. Batman from our beloved Batman was back with our beloved Superman. Now we had we also had Wonder Woman, The Flash, Green Lantern, Martian Manhunter, and um Hawkgirl. And once again, this team delivered for many people the definitive versions of these characters and later in 2006 the show end well no later in 2004 justice league ended but we got justice league unlimited which opened the doors to almost every character in the dc universe including green lantern and smaller characters uh that you probably never heard of like the question what do you, that's the, my favorite superhero. What are you talking about? Oh, man. I own every question, the question comic. I bet comic. you do. And, yeah. and every time, just like, where did his face go? I did want to pitch uh, an 80th anniversary, the question special. Yes. I, I'm excited. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. We yeah. got a little bit to talk <laughs> Yeah, about. it'll be a while. <laughs> so, yes, Justice League Unlimited and Justice League. Great <coughs> iteration of these characters. A wonderful, at the time, finale to these to this universe so have you seen any of the justice league animated series uh probably kind of the same deal with uh batman beyond it was on around the time i was watching a lot of like cartoon network and i definitely caught a few episodes um it wasn't for whatever reason something i went back to a lot or maybe it's just something i don't remember that well i think i definitely watched it uh a decent bit because yeah it seemed it seemed uh really again remember i my nerd out with comics didn't start until 2005 ish maybe even 2004 that's when justice league was coming to an end uh, yeah so uh i definitely it definitely was an introduction to some of the ideas of some superheroes but uh i didn't invest yet it, i want to make sure i mentioned this one of my favorite things was that how they brought back Mark Hamill as the Joker and Clancy Brown as Lex Luthor, and we got to have the Legion of Doom Ooh. On, on there. It's one of my favorite episodes, but I gotta say, one of my favorite things this show ever did was where Batman, Green Lantern, and Wonder Woman are sent to the future, and Batman has a crossover with Batman Beyond. Ooh. Did you want to do a little YouTube real oh, quick? Sure. Been, I think you can just search Batman Meet Batman. <laughs> and it's awesome. And meet Batman. This? There you go, yeah. All right. You've traveled about 50 years into your future. And the Watchtower? It's gone. We lost a lot of good people that day. You mean Superman? Jean? All the others? Yeah. You too. And the Batcave? This is all we have left now. Deal with it. crossover we've been waiting years for surprised to see me a little i'm more surprised that i live so long batman bruce wayne bruce wayne batman or have you met not now <laughs> what did they used to call it stereo 
this is all right so we can move on <laughs> it's like my favorite bits it's like uh <laughs> it's like the spider-man pointing at spider-man yes. thing <laughs> except batman yes <laughs> so that was you know a wonderful universe that, that began with batman the animated series at the time we believe ended with justice league unlimited in 2006 mm-hmm. and it was great However, in 2004, we would get a new animated iteration called The Batman. That's right. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was going to be new episodes of Batman the Animated Series, but it wasn't. Oh. It turned out to be something completely new, to which when I first saw it was just like, <laughs> Why? Bring back the old one! <laughs> so, I thought it was going to be like, you know, like, remember Duck Dodgers? Yeah. I figured they'd keep the same character design, they'd have the same voice actor or at least get someone who tried to sound like Kevin Conroy. Yeah. But no, they completely did a completely different version. So originally I was just I hated it. I didn't want it to exist. I said, screw this. This is not my Batman <laughs> But then later <laughs> I sat down and watched it. I was just like, well, it's not Batman the animated series, but it's enjoyable on its own. I do think in retrospect, trying to be so different from Batman the animated series hurt it. Versus yeah. if they had just decided, we want to do a Batman show, we're not going to worry about being compared to the animated series. That would have made it better. But, you know, it's still enjoyable for what it is. Although, <laughs> Reno Romano, we has Batman. He's great as Batman. But for me, he was Spider-Man from Spider-Man Unlimited. So it was a little <laughs> jarring to hear, oh, yeah. you're Spider-Man, though. But, you know, <laughs> he was good as Batman. <laughs> My parents always leave on Channel 13 for some reason whenever they leave. And there's a show Hot Bench, and he's the narrator for that. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah, every time I always hear Spider-Man or Batman announce these people who are trying to sue each other. <laughs> <laughs> so, we had The Batman in 2000. Oh, my God. What year was it? I believe it's 2005, because that would make sense with Batman Begins. 2005, we had the release of the movie The Batman vs. Dracula. Whoa. That's right. And, you know, it's enjoyable for what it is. I gotta check this out. It's I didn't know best. Batman versus Dracula. Yeah, he does. He fights wow. Dracula. It's the Dark Knight versus the Prince of Darkness. That's cool. Batman always had ties to vampires. Whoa. Yes. Yeah. So, if you haven't seen any of Batman the Animated Series, I don't think you've seen anything of The Batman. I don't think so. I don't mean to sound like I crap on the show. I do enjoy the show, but it's not what yeah. came before it. I might actually remember seeing like uh, advertisements for it, maybe when it was starting. I, I, I kind of remember hearing about the Batman, but I don't. I don't think I don't remember what it's like. All right. Although I will say the show, honestly got so much better starting season four. Oh. I believe Alan Burnett, who worked on Batman the Animated Series, kind of took over, and that's when they introduced Robin into the show. Oh. I, I'm i not as big on the first three seasons, but those last two were great. Oh. Those last two seasons are great. Turn it, it around. It felt like they weren't kind of... It felt like it we're just like, hey, we're Batman too, so we get compared, we get compared. Yeah. <laughs> so they just accepted it, and it... Yeah, for me, the fourth and fifth season are great. The first three, they're pretty good. The, the last two seasons are great, though. Oh. I'm glad I remember the last two seasons. Yeah. <laughs> All right. However, 
By the time the Batman came on, it had been a few years since we had a Batman movie. Right. And that was about to change in summer 2005 with the release of Batman Begins. Directed by Christopher Nolan, featuring Christian Bale as Batman. It was the beginning of the Dark Knight trilogy, which we later had the Dark Knight in 2008. And... The Dark Knight Rises in 2012. Yeah. I said we were going to talk about the low times. <laughs> so, um... I remember when Batman Begins was released being so excited because I just missed out on the previous Batman movie. Yeah. Just by like a few months. Yeah. I didn't even know it was in theaters. I thought it was direct-to-video. That is how much I missed it. I remember seeing, I remember the Taco Bell commercials for it. I remember buying the toys for it. I was so close and I missed it. I had to wait eight freaking years. (laughs) But then we got Batman Begins. You know, um, I don't like it as much as like Batman or Batman Forever, but still an enjoyable movie. Really good, um, inspiring. Really good tribute to Frank Miller's Batman Year One. Then we got the Dark Knight. We had Batman versus the Joker again. One of the best Batman movies. One of the best superhero movies of all time. Yeah. I would say my third favorite Batman, live-action Batman movie overall. Yeah, and probably I'd still say my favorite live-action Batman movie. And then we got to 2012, Crap <laughs> Night Rises, where I died a little bit inside. Uh, we've talked about it enough. We don't, yeah. we don't want this special to go on and on. We don't need it to be negative. It was terrible, and Batman was broken. I was no longer excited for any superhero thing. And it kind of is why I don't look... F- I don't just look forward to like what the next movie is. kind of like how you talk about for Star Wars, how you're just like... You kind of give them the benefit of the doubt in the next movie. Yeah. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> because after Dark Knight Rises, I was just like, what was the point of this whole thing? <laughs> but then, some time went by, and I was able to enjoy Batman Begins and Dark Knight again on their own. But, um, yeah, for me, not as good as the what came before, but they're about a younger Batman, so I guess it makes a little sense. Bale's clearly not my favorite Batman. He's actually my least favorite but, yeah, but I still enjoy The Dark Knight. I remember the best movie theater experience I've ever had was going to the midnight showing for The Dark Knight, seeing the Joker. Remember that scene where um, Batman's on the um, bat cycle and he does, like, the flip thing up against the building? Yeah. People cheered during that <laughs> moment. Really? It was awesome. <laughs> it's the best movie theater experience I've ever had, the midnight showing of The Dark Knight. So, what are your thoughts on the Dark Knight trilogy? Um, Two great movies, one that shouldn't have existed. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, really, it's like, uh, Batman Begins was really exciting when it came out, but the Dark Knight outshined all of it, and to me, all other superheroes movies in my, like, at the time for me, that was just like this holy grail of superhero <laughs> movies that just had come out that uh completely outshined like at the time i almost remember thinking like sequels can be this good <laughs> because i just kind of thought of it as a batman sequel coming out um and yeah it is it's by far the best in that trilogy um i don't know like i i i think i've come to kind of agree with you that like i don't necessarily see christian bale as like the best batman but he's in such a good movie in that or 
where like I think Ben Affleck is a great Batman who's in some not that great movies, depending on your opinion. I would say, like those movies are good, but I would say if you had switched them, if Ben Affleck had been in The Dark Knight, it would made it a little better. Not night and day, just a yeah. little bit. Versus Christian Bale, a little bit worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I it, it wouldn't have changed things greatly or anything. Um, and I, I definitely like. Those are Chris. Honestly, when I rewatch the dark, I rewatched the Dark Knight recently. Bale's performance does not hold up. It is awful. Yeah, especially uh, when you have a great scene like the interrogation scene where Heath Ledger's giving this great performance. You have, where are they? Where are they? <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely kind of. Uh, I I see where in the the Dark Knight Rises it got where we've seen and we'll see again maybe how ridiculous some of the deliveries that he does are. There's a little bit of that in The Dark Knight that I can kind of see, but I don't know. It's such a great movie to me that I feel like something's right about it. And at the same time, like, Batman has great villains. There's It's really a shining villain movie that that is. And even that alone makes it, like, the best Batman movie, in my opinion, even if the Batman part isn't necessarily (laughs) the best part of that movie. It's all about it's all about the Joker and that to me, uh, and just a well-made movie around that great story and everything. So, yeah, it's it's one of the great superhero movies to me. I would agree with the broad consensus of the public, <laughs> of everyone who kind of has the same opinion. But it's it's one of the great superhero movies. You missed one. What? The last one. <laughs> Uh, I did I not talk about it? No, you didn't. <laughs> um, oh, I would say this. Bane is one of the worst villains of all time. For me, bar none. The worst Batman movie villain. Down there with Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I think he might beat Eisenberg's Lex Luthor. I hate Bane, this version of Bane, so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've, only seen it, I've only seen this movie once. And if I ever see it again... <laughs> It's going to be for an episode of this, and that will be the only way I see it again. But, uh, yeah, I don't remember having a strong opinion about it, but it's sort of this thing where when I see scenes from it lately, I'm like, that was really in that movie, huh? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So was the bomb scene. Some days you can't get rid of a bomb. Oh, yeah. It was trying to be funny in the 60s show. This was trying to be serious, but... Came off as funny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that scene is so. Cr- oh, this reminds me of something. You know, we talk about the Phantom Me- or the Star Wars prequels. Yeah. The cringe, some of the cringeworthy lines. I yeah. think I now know why I feel is the most cringeworthy line of the Star Wars prequels. Oh, really? The number one. The well, and, it's it's two lines said together. And since uh, I'm guessing this isn't uh, one, it might not be one of the popular ones. Like I hate sand. If you're, it seems like this no. might be a. Okay, okay, I'm curious what it is then. It's I, I don't remember what it is exactly. It's something. It's like we're Anakin and Padme are fighting together. Right. And he says something like, "Do you call this?" Um, diplomacy or whatever and Padme goes no I call this aggressive negotiations or whatever I'm just like that's supposed to be a joke for George is just like I'm writing this joke for generals and politicians to where like you have some generals goes 
very good choice. <laughs> no, that's, that's such a weird thing about the prequels. There's so much weird political, boring political talk. So, so why? I just think, like, when I rewatch the prequels, I'm just like, ooh, that line, those lines, <laughs> those are some bad lines. Oh, I'm going to wait till the end of the year, and I, I fully intend to watch every single Star Wars movie, and I don't know, I'm looking forward to picking out some, some new lines. That's... All right, so moving on. In 2006, Justice League Unlimited had come to a close, yet Bruce Timm was going to go on. In 2007 was the beginning of the DC Universe animated original movies. Ooh. And Batman's first appearance was in the 2008 movie Justice League The New Frontier, voiced by Jeremy Sisto, who did a very good job. Um, This takes place... Like in the 50s, after World War II, the superheroes have kind of disappeared, and this is about them coming back and the formation of the Justice League. It's an Elseworld story. But then in 2008, this was very exciting because 2006, we figured that Bat- the iteration of Batman from Batman the Animated Series was over at the end of Justice League Unlimited. But they announced Batman Gotham Knight, which was going to be done in anime style, which (laughs) kind of took place between Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. And But, you know, it was from Bruce Timm, so I knew it was going to be great. But then came the big kicker, the thing to get everyone excited. We thought it was over. But two years later, we had the glorious return of Kevin Conroy as Batman. And we realized, oh no, Justice League Unlimited is not the end. It's still going to be going. Because in 2009, he returned in <laughs> Superman Batman Public Enemies with Tim Daly as Superman. Clancy Brown's Lex Luthor, a movie in which Lex Luthor becomes president. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's a problem. I, remem- I remember one time thinking, that's impossible. And we'll just leave it at that. <laughs> and, but then... And the cool thing was about how like the art style was kind of similar to the animated series. Yeah. So that was cool to see. And then in 2010, there was Justice League on Crisis on Two Earths. This was exciting because years ago, we had been promised a movie called Justice League Worlds Collide, which right. was a Justice League Unlimited movie that took place between Justice League and Justice League Unlimited and this was the script except they removed references to the show and here we had William Baldwin voicing Batman and it was a great movie really enjoyed it it was the beginning of Phil Jimenez I no Phil Barisa Phil Barisa I think that's his name I'm sorry Phil you're very good. But it was the <laughs> first time we saw his drawing style in DC, which is kind of um, standard now for DC yeah. things. <clears throat> he was great. And in 2010, we got the king. You'll have memories of this. Oh. Because we were at band camp, and I was calling my mom. Mom, did you pick this up? Oh, mom, sure. did you get it? <laughs> I do remember. This is important, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> it was Batman Under the Red Hood. <laughs> and it introduced us to Bruce Greenwood as Batman. And for the first time, this was the first time an actor besides Kevin Conroy, when I heard their voice, it wasn't just another version of Batman. When I heard Bruce Greenwood, I was like, okay, this is Batman. Yeah. And he did a great job. Batman Under the Red Hood, for me, tied with... 
Um, Mask of the Phantasm as the best Batman movie ever made. And we had John DiMaggio. Bender himself from Futurama <laughs> was the Joker and did a great job. And you had Neil Patrick wow. Harris as Nightwing. It's a great movie. You have not seen it, have you? No. Interesting cast here. <laughs> yes. And then in 2010, to end 2010, Kevin returned <gasps> with Tim Daly in the sequel to Public Enemy Superman Batman Apocalypse. In which they were they um, did the story that reintroduced to the comics after twenty some years. Supergirl, very so, good, very a great movie. Uh, more Superman than Bat. It's more of a Superman movie that Batman guest stars in, but he does have some great lines. Uh. Like, I th- there's this one actually one of my favorite moments. I don't know if you wanted to bring it up. It's from Public Enemies. Um, anyway, there's this moment where um, Superman's been shot. With kryptonite, ah, and Batman's trying to like um, get the kryptonite out of him, and he, and he goes, "I don't know if I'll be able to get the kryptonite out in time." And Superman says, "Where's the Flash when you need him?" And Batman's <coughs> just like, "Do me a favor and lose a sense of humor. Do us both a favor, Bruce, and buy one." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and there's this great scene where. Supergirl is like kind of like gaining her powers, oh. and she accidentally destroys the Bat computer, and Batman's oh. just like she just tore thousands of dollars of computer <laughs> hardware. Superman says, "I'll pay the bill," and Batman goes, "On a reporter's salary, right?" <laughs> <laughs> so it was great. It also brought back Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman from the Justice League animated series. So we had the Trinity return. And then in 2011 was very exciting because one of the best Batman comics of all time was going to be adapted into a movie, Batman Year One. Ooh. Now, Batman begins to take a lot from Year One, but this we were going to get the full story done in animation. And everyone thought Kevin Conroy was going to be Batman because that's what IMDb said. IMDb. Yeah turned out not to be true <laughs> but we got a great performance by ben mckenzie now remember that name because it's gonna come up again later okay i'll log it so and we have brian cranston as young gordon really and this did a great job it, it did a great job of showing how crappy gotham city is <laughs> and why they need batman yeah so batman year one great action then, a few months later, in 2012, you know, we all thought Kevin Conroy was going to come back for Batman Year One. Because that's what everyone online said. <laughs> IMDB. We were wrong. It turned out, a few months later, he would come back. Whoa. In Justice League Doom. And the exciting thing was, they brought back almost the entire cast of the animated series. We had Kevin Conroy back as Batman, Tim Daly as Superman, Susan Eisenberg as Wonder Woman, Michael Rosenbaum as Flash, Carl Lumbly as Martian Manhunter, and got Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. He's done a great job voicing that character. Oh, yeah. Just like Doom, it was exciting to have the, the actors come back and made it feel like... It didn't just feel like... You know, whenever you have like someone else voices characters, it feels like, okay, it's another version versus this one. It's like, okay... These are who I know. We got them back. Yeah. This is my Batman. Yeah. Well, it's time to wrap up this first part of our Batman 80th 
anniversary special. Thanks for tuning in and keep falling down that rabbit hole. What will Batman look like in the coming years? Will it survive the Dark Knight Rises? Find out in the next episode of Comment Section. Same bat time, same bat podcast.